0: Hi, I'm Al Lowe, and I'm listening to Adventure Game Hotspot. Welcome back or welcome front if it's the first time joining us. I am Joshua, YouTube's Weird Gaming Adventure and part of Adventure Game Hotspot. As always, we have Jack Allen. Hello. and we also have Anna, two Yay. for two, Capia Game Developer. How are you guys doing today? I'm great. How about you, Anna?
1: I'm doing awesome. I'm glad to be here again and to talk to you guys. It's just a lot of fun as always. I'm very excited.
0: Ah, let's see that shirt. I see just the top. It says Evidra. Yes. Nice. (laughs) All right. I
1: finally get my work clothes.
0: (laughs) Well, I I gotta say, uh, for for those that don't know, again, she's, uh, she created, her and her husband created the Capia I got my uh, my game box in along with uh, some of the goodies, wonderful, it was beautiful, well put together. And we'll definitely talk about that shortly. Before we get started, really, let's kick it on over to Jack real quick, and he could tell us what we've been doing over at Adventure Game Hotspot this last week. Well, you know, keeping busy, We
2: uh, we wrapped up last week, of course, with our launch day review of Colossal Cave, and I gotta say, that was kind of a highlight for me, not just because of the game or whatever, but... We only launched uh, the Hotspot in October, so we've been playing catch-up on all of 2022 games. So it was so nice to have a launch day review again, and uh, I hope that will just be the first of many. But, uh, yeah, it really felt good to be, you know, reviewing a game that was, you know, (laughs) hot off the presses, so to speak. So, um, yeah, uh, but we also reviewed a little um, French-Canadian thriller called uh, The Whispering Valley. And uh, Spike uh, Chunsoft's latest uh, game called AI The Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. So yeah, lots of good reading there. Um, uh, New uh, release today worth uh, mentioning. It's called, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Grund. It's sort of a real surreal Lynchian noir tinged uh, thriller. So that looks fun. And if you're a Switch player, The the Excavation of Hobbs Barrow is uh, out. So you can get playing. and a bit of interesting news this week too. Um, a sequel to the old uh, Shadowgate game was uh, announced, called Beyond Shadowgate. Um, if it's going to happen, though, uh, it's going to have to be crowdfunded. So they're going to be doing a Kickstarter uh, in a couple weeks. And speaking of Kickstarters, the devs of uh, the Paints Creek Killings uh, have launched a Kickstarter for their new game called uh, Scene Investigators. So you know, run on over there, support them because the Paints Creek Killings was awesome. It's interesting to
0: see an NES game up for Kickstarter, like a yeah? Wow, retro's I'm, back. to say, retro man, did it leave?
1: Did
0: well, yeah, no, it, for, you know, it did. While. It did, yeah. It's it's crazy how in the past they tried to hide their pixels. Now they literally create pixels. That's right. Yeah, wearing it's, them on their sleeve. We'll be talking a little bit about that. And we have Anna to do it. Anna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your your project that you had, Copia.
1: Oh well, um, I'm with Two for Two team, and mm-hmm. uh, we actually uh, one day ago we uh, oh, we uh, launched our first uh, project, Copia, Except it wasn't one day ago; it was one year and one day. ago. Mm-hmm. So right. it was. It is kind of an anniversary.
2: Almost your anniversary, yeah. Yes, almost. Happy anniversary, copy. Thank you,
1: thank you. I, I'm I'm taking it for the copy, and no, oh, of course yeah, you should.
2: <laughs> it can't speak for itself. So,
1: so the copy is uh, a 3D point at click adventure, um, as people like to call We just usually address it as an adventure because it's, uh, it can be played both as a point-and-click, standard point-and-click with mouse, and, and uh, it can also be played on um, controller. And it's about uh, this uh, guy who sets out on a quest to find uh, a solution for the problem that they're having, and they're having this huge war between the East and the West. And his granddaughter, Rennie, is helping him out in uh, finding this solution. And of course, together, they are solving this problem and finding out a lot of things as they are journeying together.
0: Would, would you describe, Capia, as a post-apocalyptic game? Mm-hmm.
1: In a way, it is. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just not just post-apocalyptic. I think it's just apocalyptic game. Oh, uh, a, a funky apocalyptic me. game. Ouch. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the reason why I ask is because uh, we were talking a little bit about it a, a couple weeks ago, and we mentioned Capia being one of the games that was, uh, in my interpretation, as a post-apocalyptic. And I said, why don't somebody make a game that is apocalyptic? We've had pre-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, make it apocalyptic. So I, I guess I guess in a way, I was I was wrong, and I'm glad to be.
1: Uh, I think you're uh it's like more more of a transition you know where mm-hmm. you go from apocalyptic to post apocalyptic so
2: yeah there's I guess there's no kind of banner that comes out saying the apocalypse is now over like,
1: everything no. After this. <laughs> no there <laughs> is a banner like that you know the, the apocalypse is here it's <laughs> called yeah, a big yeah, old yeah.
0: it's called a big old dome All right <laughs> yeah.
1: we need another banner the post apocalypse is here. we should put it in copy.
2: So Anna, you you may have already started to uh, uh, answer one of my questions to you, but mm-hmm. how did you decide? Like a three D point and click game is isn't necessarily the norm. It's usually sort of a two point five D. How did you decide that you wanted three D and a point and click option? How did you, how did you settle on the the kinds of mechanics you chose for Copia?
1: Oh well, the origin- originally we thought that we were going to pull off you know just a third person view, but Um, after doing chapter after finishing chapter three we realized it's not gonna happen with just two of us working on it Mm -hmm. so we just decided to you know simplify it for ourselves and switch to stationary cameras you know just it gave more of this point and click feel to it Mm -hmm. but you can still control a character with a with a controller. So, I mean, it just, uh, some of those mechanics that we put into it remained and um, the new cameras were brought in. So it's in this way, it's kind of a hybrid, but uh, also, you know, how um, right now people usually address um, games in, in a way that they're point and click that they refer to it more of a genre uh, of more of a kind of a story-driven games. They call it a point-and-click game, you know. So in this spirit, copy is very much a point-and-click adventure because right. it has a lot of puzzles, and they're not easy puzzles like you would see in modern adventure games. Uh, they're more of a, you know, they pre- do present some some type of challenge where you do have to think and not just, you know, have a lot of hints and just go click through it. So in this spirit, it is very much a point point-and-click adventure. And of course, I mean, we decided on this journey because, I mean, we're just such a fans of, you know, this retro uh, Green Fandango kind of games Mm -hmm. and... um, it was just, it just came natural. And we are huge fans of 3D because I think it's just, it has so much to offer in our developing environment. And we are on such a wave right now where a lot of new te- techniques are coming in. Uh, there's just so much technology that uh, that is here to assist us. So I think that 3D is where we really want, want it to be. And I'm glad that we are right now where we are.
0: And you mentioned uh- Actually, you answered my second question that you're going to have. We, you know, you talked about uh, specific types of of things that make Copia unique. You mentioned a, a hybrid aspect and you mentioned the inspiration, mm-hmm. uh, Grin Fandango. Any mm-hmm. other uh, inspirations for the game and maybe for your upcoming games that you have?
1: The upcoming game is going to be um, a bit different mm-hmm. uh, from what we had. Um, I think we're going with uh, more more of a modern approach, uh, more of an adventure approach um, mm-hmm. that uh, we have, um, that you would have in mind re- today, you know. Um, but, I mean, the inspiration, I mean, if we just, you know, when you're uh, a teenager and you play those, uh, those games, it's just the dig, I mean, that was such a huge influence on copy, and uh, it doesn't have to be 3D, it, not, not everything has to be 3D, and uh, you know, a lot of the things that we had in copy came from both, aspect. and uh, of course, a lot of it came from the more modern world, and uh, um, and where we were fighting ourselves during um, the development and of course, we did a lot of traveling during the development. I don't know. I keep talking about it in every interview, but I know that I'm not that famous; that everyone knows my life story. So <laughs> we did do a lot of traveling during the development, and uh, we did uh, meet a lot of people, and uh, a lot of their stories went into this, uh, you know, into this game. So I think it is very personal and very unique in that in that way. And uh, our next game is going to you know, it's going to follow that um, trend. It's also going to be very personal. And um, uh, one thing that we want to do, we want to implement multiple endings and uh, the, you know, play with time a little bit in our next project. It is very ambitious. I mean, I think it's even more ambitious than Kapia was, which was very ambitious for two people to create. But uh, I'm very excited for what we are going to do next as well. It,
0: do you mind if I jump in and ask a quick follow-up question on that? Uh, y- okay. You mentioned uh, playing with time. Are you talking about like a, a timed puzzles or timed endings? Can you oh, expand yeah, Time jumping? Oh, it's going to be, I'm
1: we're troubled. going to play uh, with time inside the story.
0: That's okay. probably
1: as much as I'm going to um, okay. sure. go into at this point because I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, say too much. Mm-hmm
0: understood
2: right. so this was your first time uh making a game as far as i know right mm-hmm. for both mm-hmm. you and your husband okay so right. like in terms of development tools um you know are there lots available are they accessible to a new developer or like how much of a kind of skilled programmer okay. do you have to be to to make a game like Copia? oh so, well it the, the was our first game
1: but before that we we had a lot of experience about 10 years of experience working in the industry Ah. so um well uh interestingly it's a good it's a really good question especially for me at this point in life because uh our next game um i'm gonna do i'm going to be participating much more in the development process than i was in uh, copy because most of the um setups uh, were uh, done by my husband i was more of a modeler and uh, i I was creating models for the game i was creating a lot of um um, i was creating dialogues for the game and uh, a lot more but i wasn't participating as much in technical aspect of this of the uh, deal Mm -hmm. and in this game i am going to be participating more um in the technical aspect so right now i'm actually learning those tools and uh, what i can say from um my, uh, you know, f- from my freshman year in this. You can um, you can have it as difficult as you choose. Uh, for copy, my husband is, he's a really great coder. So we were not um, limited by anything apart from what we, you know, what we could come up with. And of course, you know, the resources time-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a great idea and, uh, you know, a little coding, you can still make a game it won't be as technically uh, advanced probably but i mean you can still do it you can still pull it up uh just as long as you know you know some of it and um, there are a lot of tools available right now that are not uh, overly expensive there are options available uh, from you know starting from basically nothing and ending you know in uh, cosmos <laughs> right so you have to pick and choose and uh, set your mind on the budget, set your mind on the time frame. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it, if a person is interested in um, this lifestyle, it can be done for sure.
0: And and you are a two-person team. Is that something that you're going to continue to do? Or do you expect to perhaps add a, add teams as you go forward?
1: Well, we are a two-person team. Uh, but I mean, we do have a voice actors and mm-hmm. we do hire sure. musicians and uh, people who can support us. Well, what we are planning on doing this time is going to be um, uh, basically same, uh, same base. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will be still doing modeling and uh, still will be still doing writing for the game. But we are going to be ha- having some help regarding um,
0: Maybe you know, some advertisement and things like that. And follow oh, up no. on on that. Sorry, Jack. I'm, go, no, I, go ahead. I, I heard it, so I got I got to ask. What well, you're obviously, I think one of the things that really really helped, aside from having a nice design and a and a beautiful story is your your marketing abilities so you know you are on social media you are building you know building relationships with people and now you're saying you know add to your marketing add to your advertisements do you think that uh that the way that social media the way marketing is in general is it easy now to promote a game without a publisher or is it something that you would recommend for people just to try to do it all yourself in that regard.
1: Um, well, uh, what I did on social media is a little bit far fetched from marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was building, uh, a lot of connections and, uh, I was talking to a lot of people, but it was more of, um, you know, for me, it was something that I wanted to do something that was helping me through this development. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, when you go into marketing, especially indie marketing, it is a difficult uh, thing to do on your own. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't say one hundred percent that um, publisher is something that you will necessarily need, uh, regard especially uh, with advertisement, because I mean, all the publishers that I have encountered, that's the first thing they say: okay, we're going to do marketing for you, and then you. You go go in and you start asking, okay, what are you going to do? What kind of feedback are you expecting to get from this and that that you're promising to us? And then... uh, a lot of times they don't really have a certain answer because marketing is quite unpredictable. Yeah. So, um, for someone who is a new developer, I would recommend to look into this as well, because I mean, it is very difficult to finance a game on your own. So maybe you want to bring in, you know, some finances from a publisher and then that's where they can help you with uh, your advertisement as well, like, mm. you know, in the package. So that's something you definitely want to look into if you have a great demo and you have a great idea, but also there are other options, I mean you can hire an agency, you can hire some help uh, regarding, I mean there is a whole uh, array of uh, possibilities here, Mm -hmm. I mean you can go as low as you can just, you know, talk to marketing people. I mean it will cost you money but i mean you can just ask for advice you can ask them is this a good direction for me i yeah. mean i'm going you're going to Kickstarter, okay you just you know get set some money aside i mean make that phone call just you know talk to people who have went through this and there will be people who will be doing this for you know just giving you free advice but i mean there are people who know exactly what you should be doing they will be looking over your page they will be looking at uh, what you're doing on social media don't jump jump into the, you know those uh, dangerous deals without uh, having that knowledge so that would be my advice for people who haven't gone through this yet i guess
2: yeah and uh, even if you like bring in sort of a professional pr person or marketer or publisher or whatever i, I think the key particularly in the adventure genre which is so niche still um right. is to do what you did um, which is to be active in the community um like I think I think that's really key. Uh, it's so hard to get any kind of mainstream publication to pay much attention like even if you do the best press releases or whatever in the world, there still aren't that many publications or websites that are going to devote much attention to uh, to a little adventure game by an unknown developer right so so I think what you did uh, is absolutely key you know to to be active on that like long before, game is out too you can't just like hey here i am here's our game start paying attention to Mm -hmm. us you know you have to have sort of you know inserted yourself into the adventure game community ahead of time so that people are already supporting your project as it's coming along and then they're happy to see it finish so so you know well done for you doing that and yeah in terms of for like like i'll tell you running an adventure game website most developers are absolutely horrible at marketing their games mm-hmm. like a lot of them don't even reach out to me and if you're not contacting the people who are out there trying to actively promote your game for free then mm-hmm. you are not doing everything you can so uh, you know that was never a problem with you you know i knew all about <laughs> copia and that was great and i was happy to help promote it so uh, people yeah are, it's really really important
0: people are wary to promote or to invest financially or emotionally in a faceless a faceless company or a faceless uh, game and so yeah you did a great you did a great job on that yeah
1: well thank you guys i really appreciate it it you know warms my heart really because i mean i've put, i've put a lot of work into building this community but again i mean it was very much rewarding on itself because i mean the um Uh, the critique that we got and the feedback that we got during the development was really helpful and a lot of testers actually who who helped uh, us make this almost bugless game in the end uh, came uh, from uh, from our community and it was absolutely amazing and it was great to you know to just share this experience with uh, greatest with those great people you know just this release it was just amazing to share with everybody so we're happy uh, to have shared
0: it with you yes thank
1: you for helping out thank you for making this happen with
0: us and we'll definitely be doing that with with your next adventure that's coming out Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the specifics of the advancements in the industry uh why don't you summarize real quick about what you have coming up though with your next adventure some of the the advancements that you're going to be using some of the tools and such
1: some of the tools. Well, uh, you mean uh, like um, mechanics? mechanics? Even, just,
2: even just mechanics. Like anything different about the new game that maybe you didn't have in the first one, or?
1: Well, it is going to be more of a modern approach, uh, as mm-hmm. I as I mentioned. Uh, so we won't be having maybe um, maybe puzzles will be a bit uh like less intense mm-hmm. uh for example with copy we had um three level puzzles uh, where you know you have to do something this and then the in ones of that and then goes to three and even four levels now we we are going to probably do two and three at most mm-hmm. so that's something that we want to do and uh, we really want to you know um kind of bring in a psychological aspect into the game uh and uh, we are really viewing this project more of an an art project, mm-hmm. um, more like a novel, I guess. Oh. I, I'm very excited about it, really. I think it's going to be, it's something that we've been working on for a while, actually, it's it actually cross copy in, in uh, like a few years. So it's, it's, it's been long in, in the development. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very excited, you know, to share uh, this new story with the world. Any sense
2: of when you might be kind of springing the news on the world or I'm not um, trying to pin you down to anything. Just a sense of how soon or how far off. uh,
0: Today, Jack,
2: by the way, hey, if you want to break it today, the floor is yours.
1: Well, we are, I don't know. It's it's probably a little bit early to announce, but I mean, I've already um, sent out um, the name to uh, those few who uh, backed uh, us on Kickstarter with Uh the box version. Yeah, so those few already have the name uh, in their boxes. But it's out there. It's out there. (laughs) there. Maybe, I don't know. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Maybe if I should, (laughs) this. just like you
0: know give you a little bit of visual it's
1: the origami killer guys <laughs> it's heavy rain too
0: <laughs> love it so you said you guys had uh, at least 10 years in the industry before and of course you made yeah. this game prior so we're going to actually call upon you to kind of break down some of the advancements uh, in the industry and Jack's better with this stuff than I am like Jack's the more technical guy when it comes to the, the gaming industry. I'm just one of those uh, guys that smile a lot. Boy, <laughs> if that's true, then
2: you are setting a low bar because oh, I are we am not in trouble?
0: a technical guy.
2: <laughs> oh but boy! No, I'm. I want to talk more about sort of maybe the, the future uh, of adventure game mechanics. I mean, we're sort of all accustomed to you know w- what the genre has done. So I'm going to throw out a few different sorts of mechanics, and i just like to get. Uh, um, your take on it, you you started to address the first one already, which is just 3D. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think most, adv- and this is absolutely no reflection on you or copy it, believe me, but I don't think most adventure game developers really know what to do with 3D. They know it's amazing or it's got loads of potential, but I, I just, I haven't really seen it utilized to like really great effect very often. So, you know, what is the future of 3D um, to you, Anna, in
1: terms of adventure games? What I feel is going on right now, it's kind of, we are reliving uh, what we had in, you know, 90s. So we had like 2D and then it jumped to 2.5D. And and I do feel that next step is going to be 3D. And uh, I think that a lot of advancement in this will be pushed through with VR and uh, also with uh, uh, AI because we have all those amazing tools right now that um, are starting to pop up. I mean, uh, artificial intelligence is just, I mean, I think it's going to revolutionize the whole genre quite a bit. I mean, obviously we're not gonna have, you know, (laughs) AI creating our characters and stories. Well, not yet, (laughs) not the way it's doing it right now, but the way it it can help, it can assist artists in uh, coming up with like, interesting characters, for example. I mean, I, I would see if I were to make a horror horror game, I can see myself, I mean, jumping all over this. I mean, mm-hmm. just the, what AI is coming up with, just, you know, just a simple drawing of a girl is already a horror story in itself. But. <laughs> I can see that, uh, uh, but actually, I mean, that's what we usually see in AI, AI, I mean, we can just see the visual aspect, but actually, we're already using a lot of it in movements, so um, in 3D, uh, a lot of movements are uh, assisted with AI, for example, how you can have a character move through, um, let's say, a boat, and uh, grab onto, let's say, um, all those ropes that are hanging uh, through it. That's uh, something that is already there and uh, can be very much used. And, um, you know, the analytics that are being, um, that are being assisted with AI are also amazing. And, uh, of course, VR, and that's another aspect. That's something that we are already looking at. And uh, I've tried VR myself. I'm a huge fan. And I think, I don't know, I I think it's just an amazing thing to have. It's just a uh, like, uh, you know, for me, it's like uh, we used to use dial up phones, and mm-hmm. then you get this mobile phone, you open up to this whole universe. I mean, you put on those glasses, and you know, you just fall in uh, inside that game. And I think that's where 3D will come in, and uh, of course, will be very much in use. I don't know, maybe we could, I can, I can actually imagine how you would put 2D uh, in uh, VR, but I think that 3D is going to be much more
0: effective than that i don't even have a frame of reference from like the the video and the graphics side of, of it but i do know that ai in general it it's getting smarter and smarter exponentially i'm talking just over the last couple of months with the mm. what is it the vtr um in fact ken uh, ken williams just created a, a blog last night that's wildly popular right now where he basically uh, had a whole setup, uh, give me this pitch, write this part of the game for me, and he says it's almost better than what they could do. Just sitting there writing, just giving a couple variables in it, and it telling him, and that's something that was not available three months ago.
2: Damn. And
0: now people, Google's tell- already trying to better that now. It blew me away. It scares me as a creative because it's going to make me obsolete. Real soon. <laughs> uh, I
1: don't think it will actually, because I think it's just a tool. I mean, we are always afraid of new things. I mean, You know when the first microwaves appeared. I mean, you remember the thrill. I mean, it was oh my god, it's going to blow up our kids' brains all of a sudden. But now, now we're kind of you know it just makes a great coffee and we're fine with it. It Just warms 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 it up just into a perfect temperature. Um, So I think it's you know it's just uh, this uh, effect of you know having this scare and then you will be just like oh my god, how did I live without this? Like how did I live without Google? Well, we thought that, uh, you know, it's going to just destroy those libraries and instead it just became this huge library at the, at our palm. It's just, I think it's pretty neat. I think uh, the new technology is pretty neat. I think it's very promising. I think it's going to blow up uh, to enormous proportions artistically.
2: That's interesting. AI was certainly one of the things I was going to mention. But I was coming at it from a totally different angle um, in terms of sort of an actual um, in game AI doing some like adaptive mm. learning. I know there are some games that have dabbled with that. Like I think Acolyte uh, came out last year, which did a little bit of that. Um, and that I don't really like, that has some really interesting sort of dialogue possibilities, but I don't really see it becoming a big component. Of adventure games because like even just designing a game around branching um dialogues and branching plot paths is like a nightmare for most developers because you you know Mm -hmm. everything requires assets right so like unless it's sort of a really limited self-contained um you know part of a game I, i i don't see it being too prominent in games but I hadn't even considered some of the kind of behind the scenes benefits of AI and stuff like that. So that was uh, that was really insightful. Um, you also mentioned uh, VR, of course, I was gonna talk about that. Um, but I, again, I, the VR games that I've played seem to, it, it's like a, a new toy that people aren't exactly sure what to do with yet to me. Like it's really wonderful, but then how do we make wonderful games based on this wonderful tool hmm. um you know like have you played any games that like not the technology but the games themselves uh, that were like this is so amazing in vr and if you haven't how does that um, how, how do we get there
1: well right now i'm playing resident evil 4 and uh, i mean that's something that's an old classic that they actually transferred to vr hmm. and it's it's Freaking cool. (laughs) I mean, when you have uh, like these monsters running at you, and you're just, you have, you know, it's a different level of uh, falling into this universe like you you used to have a book and then okay you just you know you use your imagination how it all works out and then okay we're giving you this visual and you have those movies and you oh my god i have to use less of my imagination i can think of something else and now you have you know then you have computer games where you actually influence things and now you have vr where what you do is actually physically is actually influences what's happening there and i think it's just amazing um it's an amazing level of involvement with the game. And I can see a lot of mechanics popping up from, uh, you know, just having this involvement. For example, another game that I played was this puzzle where you actually have to be that robot, robot, and Mm -hmm. you catch things, Uh, you throw things, and then you record your movement, and then you catch things, and then you again record your movement. And, you know, you have this chain of robots that actually, you know, they have this gold right now play something into a hoop or something like that. So you create this chain of robots that is actually making this puzzle. And you you know, so you're a puzzle, you're inside of this machine. And I think it's wicked cool. And it's just, I mean, there's my only, uh, you know, it's just not enough games there yet. And I want to see more of those games. And I think, you know, as we are developing, uh, as more people are starting to understand what it's all about, the more people are getting, the glasses devices themselves mm-hmm. and starting to want more i think we're going to see more um games coming up and you know more people getting interested in those things and i think uh, that uh, actually facebook with their meta is going to you know help us a lot in uh, uh, to making this making this happen much faster than uh, uh, than we would have expected because they did uh, they did invest I don't know, I don't know how much they invested, but like a lot, I don't know those numbers. numbers.
2: (laughs) Way bigger number than any of us can grasp.
0: There's lots of zeros. Well, and as the technology becomes cheaper too, like the demands for, to make those type of games will definitely start to increase now. This is beyond my level of comprehension outside of the fact that I just did an interview and got to walk through the whole development process with a, with a company called Mer Industries, who are creating a – it's a MMORPG game that it's completely in-game AI-based. Like all it's, – it's not even a matter of algorithm, pre-programs. Everything is going to be based, the reactions of NPCs and characters that they're showing – is based off the things that you're doing it's learning your patterns and all of that and it's completely intuitive or as more intuitive than it's ever been and what i never i play a lot of those type of games and i was testing it out i was shocked by what they were doing like what the it's an entirely new new ballpark Uh, i've never even stepped foot in the problem is these games are so expensive. Like Mm, every hour is way, way, way more than any other type of game. So they can only put right now certain parts of it, like certain types of uh, things are eligible to actually be involved in it. But Man, once we get to a point to where it's all like that, holy moly. Now imagine, and
1: now imagine yourself in this three D universe where you have, you know, this AI character coming up to you, and it already knows all your habits from Facebook, and just you know starts talking to you as as if it knows you.
0: Well, this—I mean, off- that's
1: just one of the possibilities.
0: And and this is based off your game. It's not even what you do in that game. It's based off yeah. all their other the games, view. the things that that you're that you have actually typed mm-hmm. in prior to going into the game, and those type of things. It knows your personality type. Very very interesting. It's it's scary.
1: It is scary. But technology is scary. It's always scary. I mean, can you imagine what people felt like in like 19th century? I mean, I, I think they were freaking out. I mean, this whole electricity stuff. I mean, what's going on? But I mean, I think it's just so exciting that we're finding ourselves in this revolutionary environment. I mean, we can just, you know, touch this. It's just touch this emotional. I mean, people are still still fascinated with steampunk and stuff because I mean they want to touch that time that revolutionary time that was happening then. And I think that we are reliving it right now. And I think it's awesome. I want to be a part of it. I think it's very interesting.
0: Well, you mentioned, uh, what was it? What you Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. If they get to a point where VR is good, AI is good, and you're playing a a game like Resident Evil, People are going to die. People are going to, like, <laughs> uh, Jack mentioned heart, this a while back. Heart I mean, attacks is, all over the place. This is, like, they're going to have to have, like, some sort of warning. You would have that warning. I'm watching uh, The Last of Us <laughs> oh, on, really? on HBO, and, like, my wife and I are, we don't watch, we haven't watched <laughs> too many zombie shows or anything like that. Like, I'm looking... As I step out the door, it's like, like, I don't want to do that in the game, man. And
2: they're going to have to come with little biosensors for your finger. So it's checking your pulse while you're playing or something. It's like, okay, you better slow down here, pal. <laughs> your pulse is racing. But, uh, but I mean, I, I can see, like, see, it makes sense for me with, with games like Resident Evil, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, everything all around you is important and you know there are physical things like shooting or you know bashing zombie heads in and stuff like that but that doesn't necessarily apply to adventure games and i'm still a little worried that adventure game vrs are still just amazing worlds that you're just kind of running around without much different to do in so so that's my concern so mm-hmm. that's that's going to fall on people like you uh, anna to uh <laughs> to Shade innovate your mind. And, and make you'll it, see you'll wait you know, you'll I, see I, I, I can't wait you know it's just that's what i've seen so far so I, I just like i want that encouragement to know oh no 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 this is really going to suit uh the adventure genre too okay i got two more um mechanics to float by real quick
0: Let's, let's try. Let's try to so keep much. it under under four minutes if we can. Maybe maybe throw them four minutes each. How about okay? That?
2: The first is sort of cross genre hybrids. Is the adventure genres future lie in becoming less like adventures? You know, adding in more shooting, more platforming, more you know mini games, more quick time events, stuff like that.
1: So what I see, I'm going to try to make it very quick, but uh, it's. A big idea. So what I see is happening is actually um, an adventure game as we knew it is actually splitting into a three. We have uh, the more modern adventure where you don't really have to do a lot of puzzles. It's like a story-driven adventure. We have uh, another um, type of adventure which is actually more based on puzzles. It's just basically puzzles, and then randomly you have you know characters popping up, and they're just like okay, you know this and this happened, and then you go follow the mention or do whatever. And then you have the third branch where it's actually a classical adventures and that's where you have, you know, this whole point and click deal with 2D and, you know, really really strict uh, boundaries that you don't, cannot cross uh, so people won't get pissed off. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's, you know, so that's how I see this uh, development happening and I can see uh, indie developers following their own branches and, you know, forming their own teams and the uh, you know,
0: doing this kind of stuff. Don't, okay. don't feel like you have to go fast. Like, the, certainly, <laughs> this is a good conversation. I certainly want, wouldn't want to dumb it down by making you speed up. So. <laughs> I can just
1: just yeah, du- double the speed.
2: <laughs> and this last one, I don't care what the time limit is. I'm going ahead with it. It's kind of like a, a pet idea of mine. I proposed it in an editorial, like, you know, 15 years ago or something like that. And still nobody's really picked up on it, which is um, voice recognition. I think audio is like the great untapped technology that uh, exists now and nobody's done anything with it. We're still like, we're still using a mouse to click and stuff like that, where, you know, we could, we could be using our, our voice. The technology exists. Um, You know, we've all had the nightmare phone calls with the you know robo receptionist kind of thing where they don't understand a word you're saying but it's way better than that like medical professionals use it to, to to transcribe notes and stuff like that so the technology is there and and i think like mechanically it's the great untapped uh you know possibility like wouldn't it I, be just be awesome to be able to control a game just by speaking commands
1: i think what you i think what you're describing is like next level you know uh, um Hold on a Oh my god, it just escaped my head. You know, uh, the uh, where you type and it's a quest.
0: Text adventures, or? text
1: adventure. Yes. Thank
0: thing. very much. Yeah. Okay. I, I so thought it's it was like something text text much next level.
1: So yeah, it's like text adventure on steroids.
2: <laughs> it is.
1: Well, the localization is going to be pretty difficult, but I like the idea. I think it's just it's a very it's very interesting. I mean, how I I I would I can totally see this being a part of you know like a mini game or something like that, like a part mm-hmm. of mechanics. Um, maybe uh, in future we could have a whole like I'm gonna coin this text adventure on steroids uh, mechanics. Um mark. <laughs> yeah, That's
2: it. <laughs> well, there is a text adventure on steroids already. They're the games of uh, the early games of Legend Entertainment, which was like they had graphics mm-hmm. fairly rudimentary, but also there was like a text component too. So it was like the best of both worlds, and that's kind of like as a first step for this technology. That's what I'm thinking. Like have graphics, but don't have like the Like, keep it fairly streamlined and then just, like, learn how to use the technology to create puzzles, solve puzzles, and stuff like that. I think there's, like, enormous potential there.
0: Man. Um, Oh, oh, I was going to say, I could totally see it in, like, a co-op setting. Yes, At least to get something started, like, take cover, you know, like, you're talking into a walkie-talkie type thing, calling in an airstrike, that type of thing. At the very least, you know, that would be a, a nice way to start. Sounds really, really neat, actually. Yeah.
1: I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah And uh, that's where I see it, it, it being a part of mechanics at this point. But I think, it, yeah, it's a wonderful idea. It's very interesting. And I've heard uh, books being read on, you know, being just automatically read by mm-hmm. AI right now. And just, it sounds wonderful. Uh, you can hardly tell. I mean, if apart from like some international, inter, internet. Oh, my God, I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to mess up this word. <laughs> The, the modulation of voice, <laughs> part okay. of voice modulation, you can you can hardly tell it's not a human reading,
0: right? Inflection yeah. and and modulation is it's up there, it's up yeah. there. Now. Yeah, yeah. So Jack, if I'm any... just seeing us play Portal like Portal Two together co op with with that. That that sounds like oh man, I've never thought about anything like that before. Never yeah. thought about it.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, and- And it liberates you from, you know, being hunched over a laptop or your Mm -hmm. desk or whatever. You can be sitting back on your, uh, on your television couch on your, you know, just play a game on your screen going, you know, open door with, you know, rubber chicken kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the puzzles will still be dumb, but, uh.
1: No, there just... are a lot of people who are not having, uh, you know, a lot of use of their hands uh, and uh, still want to play games. And I think yeah, that would be absolutely mm-hmm. astonishing for them. And uh, I hope that technology will, you know, rise to the level where we could have all the controls, you know, optionally, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just be having all those controls uh, voiced. Movement yeah, is something that needs,
0: this movement is something that needs to be, well better in vr that's for sure that's that's one thing that i really i really would like to see them uh, like not the big, not
1: the teleportation or something like
0: well, something that doesn't involve having to use a keyboard or your hand or or something along those lines. Like if you're walking, that type of a thing. Something that should be triggered properly, so actually feel like you're actually walking or actually walking that type of a thing. Oh, um, wow. I can only
1: see treadmill or something like. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a
0: treadmill. I'm just like actually <laughs> like my cool new shoes, down. you
1: know, that are just <laughs> treadmill.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Well, let's talk about some of the progress that we've had in video games over gosh the last 30 40 well and i'm old now let's just call yeah, it 40 40 years anymore we're we always end our show with the top five let's end it with the top three today so how about each of us go around the room and we'll choose well in turn three of our favorite favorite progressive progressions in the video game industries does that make sense? Do one at a time? You start. Okay, Jack, you start. Oh man, wait a minute. I'll go up. second. Anna goes third. All right. All right. Um, I'm gonna
2: go with a really small one that I think played a really crucial um, role in sort of modifying adventure games, which is the hotspot highlighter. Mm. Honestly, I have absolutely no idea how anybody survived without them before it exists. And 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 I I apologize if copy does not include one, but every adventure game should have a hotspot highlighter because like, if you can't find something you need, that's not it's not gameplay, it's not a puzzle, it's not anything. It's just a hindrance. So hotspot highlighters. And that's
0: it makes fun. a hell of a pun for a website too. <laughs> it does indeed. Now I'm going to go uh, way back and just say the ultimate innovation for all things when it comes to video games is the internet. That's it. Ah. Like all the answers. Well, oh, that's tricky. That's all tricky. the answers involve the internet, <laughs> like the innovation of the internet. So now we could break it down a little bit more specific later on. But you're well, next. You, rem-
1: you remember when you actually didn't have internet and you know you would stumble mm-hmm. upon a really hard spot in the hard spot in an adventure, and you would have to go to that guy who sold you the game or like in the store and find <laughs> someone who would help you out, you know, go through Oh,
0: the- it was so satisfying <laughs> when you did get it though. If oh, you had yeah. if you yeah. hadn't just like broken your big old massive tower at that point on your computer i just remember getting
1: stuck and it was like (laughs) three times in my life i was i was so stuck in a game i just i just had to ask around you know begging for an answer but for me you know that would lead me to my uh highlight i would say that hint system
0: oh okay
2: hint system i like it i like it jack oh yeah that was definitely on my list too and ideally a tiered hint system like not a Gee, I need help with this. Well, go do this mm-hmm. and this and this and this, right. and you're going. Well, thanks. But you something is- exactly. Just give me a oh. hint. It's called a hint, mm-hmm. not a solve, right? Right. Not mm-hmm. a spoil, not a spoiler. So. The
1: spoil system.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go. This is another thing that I proposed long ago, and I'm not saying that this was all my idea. I'm just glad that other people have picked up on it, which is incorporating more um, role playing into adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, not role playing in the sense of combat. But in terms of what, and I'm talking to like stats and everything, but like what kind of, like, like, let's say what kind of detective you want to be. Do you want to, mm. you know, use psychology? Do you want to use intimidation? Do you want to, and, you know, more games are starting to do that. Uh, games like Disco Elysium, which was a huge uh, success. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Council, Game Deck. So it's starting to catch on. And I think it's like a really clever way of combining the, the like it still feels very much adventure and yet it's, Incorporating, you
1: know, it's clear not linear. RPG it's not that.
0: entirely linear as to how oh, you're going to go the about. yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what like we it. want to do with Dora and the actually actually. Uh, oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah! yes.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! We okay. Got something out of <laughs> uh Yeah, but uh, the, it's a really cool idea.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: And uh, we were really, really looking into that. And uh, I love your examples. <laughs> yeah, so uh, guys,
0: Anna's going to be using uh, RNG in her uh, in like Dorian Mill. Was that I like, I don't? Well, <laughs> I didn't remember what the name was. Now, okay. Oh, I really want to expand on that now, but we're going to move on. <laughs> um, boy. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go with wireless controllers in the video uh, game industry. Now that changed everything. Like wireless controllers. Now, we're talking more specifically console gaming and everything, but it could be applied to keyboard and wireless mouse, that type of thing. You know, you can move your keyboard and your mouse onto your lap when you're playing on a computer or on the television or something along those lines. So that's mine. I like this idea
1: wireless. I've never used wireless, actually. I'm always, I'm always freaking out. I think that my batteries are going to, you know, shut down. Oh, it's <laughs> it's no fun if you're playing a shooter or uh, or something no, like yeah. that. and you're. <laughs> Say um, uh, in-game uh, in-game uh, scenes. You know how we can now play on our um, on our engines. We can uh, build the whole movie in on the engine. So oh, I would man. say that. I would say that because before we had to go and uh, you know do the high-quality animations and uh, mm-hmm. it was so costly. And now we can put almost a full full motion you know video inside yeah. the game and I think that's
2: that's really cool yeah it really helps with immersion you know you don't mm-hmm. feel like you're ever taken out of the game oh now I'm out of the game and now I'm watching mm-hmm. the movie and then I'll be thrown back into it so yeah, you yeah know, it, it feels like all sort of the same world boy I got so many I I this is another very small one but it reinforces my uh my philosophy that a game should always respect the player's time, which are quick travel maps. Like, you know, if, if your game requires a lot of back and forthing, let's say you have to be able to, you know, get from one place to another really quickly. So if that's part of your design, make sure players can do it without, you know, slogging their way from one end of a map to another, you know, on foot.
0: That's great. I like and I like how you're sticking to adventure games. I'm not that, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's a lot of different games in general. But I'm not that brave. I'm gonna go with <laughs> mobile gaming though. Uh, mobile gaming mm-hmm. is something that is it was it's it's been needed for so long. I don't know what I would do, and not I'm not just talking about mobile gaming in general. Just having a phone available to do. We have everything. At our hands now and the games are something that are is so applicable especially the point and click adventure uh, genre but mobile gaming is is my third innovation
1: okay since we're in this uh, kind of realm maybe Mm -hmm. we can mention steam and the gog Mm, yeah so that's something i mean uh, for indie developers that's Mm -hmm. something that really allowed us to oh yeah actually yeah go in and uh, show ourselves show what we can do that
0: was definitely on my on my list i was weighing if i should do that one or not <laughs> let's let's do another let's do two more quick quickly just throw them out there go ahead jack
2: oh boy okay uh, physics engines uh, in game i just, i love games mm-hmm. that include actual actual physics that, especially as part of a puzzle it just adds a, another element that you just don't get from like a point and click game so amazing more of them please yeah uh, global chat. Uh,
1: controllers. I mean, just, uh, you know, um, having to control your character with a, with a controller. Mm-hmm. Jack? Uh,
2: I'll say co-op. I think co-op uh, games yeah. and more and more adventure yeah. games are doing it now. It used to, like, never happened, before, you know, before five years ago or so, but uh, now they're becoming more and more frequent. So,
0: great. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I remember when the Sound Blaster card came out. <laughs> that changed that changed gaming that changed gaming mm.
1: uh i'd say sandboxes oh, sandbox type of games
0: yeah oh d- jack
1: are you familiar with the sandbox games
0: yeah I of course play those style okay yeah i don't play many but i'm mm-hmm. certainly familiar with them oh, but man, i think yeah. it's you know
1: it's great for community building especially for sure. you know, ch- yeah and kids are just you know yeah. going crazy with that
0: This was incredible. I really liked everything that we were able to talk about. We were able to kind of break down the past and the present and maybe a little bit of the future. Maybe a little bit of the future. Speaking of the future, let's talk about what we have going on in AGH this upcoming week,
2: Jack. (laughs) Okay. uh, Tomorrow is our sort of long overdue – well, not really overdue, but a long-awaited, let's say, review of Stray, which is an amazing game that uh, I'm happy to – um, share with everyone. Next week, still a little bit up in the air. We could have uh, an interview with the developers of The Hand of Glory Two, um, or a review of uh, Beyond the Edge of Alsgard. Um, and of course, we're going to finish uh, the week off with our monthly video preview of what's coming up in February.
0: Yes, and next week on the podcast, we'll be having the, the gentlemen and gentle ladies of the Classic Gamer Guild podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. Anna, we appreciate you coming. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you?
1: Oh, you can find me on any social media of your choice. We have Twitter, it's uh, Anna Mimic, with a K at the the end. And then we have uh, Copy A Game and you just type it into Google and it's going to be me answering. So here you go. (laughs)
0: And obviously you can find Jack at AdventureGameHotspot.com. That's the website that we are speaking of. And it's also the name of the podcast where you can find everywhere where you consume your podcast, including our very own Adventure Game Hotspot YouTube channel now, which we will have this podcast on always a day and a half after we record it. So this was a heck of a lot of fun learned a lot we really appreciate both of you both of you you're always so pleasant to talk to thank you for, oh, yeah thank you for being such a wonderful person anna
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: always anytime you want just give us a give us a line absolutely for thank jack and anna this is joshua and we'll see you guys in the next video take care everybody see ya Bye.